Aaron, please tell the I'm an adult story. Oh, okay. So um, I got roped into doing a bar Olympics game. That's a bad. The Olympics is a sport of champions. It, well, this is drinking like, is never a sport of champions. A, a triad of bar sports. It's it was cornhole. The waterfall one, where one person starts and then the, as soon as they're done drinking, blah blah blah. But we would do it with water. We're familiar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of this game? It's called Waterfall. I don't know if you young people have heard about it or not. Yeah, I know. Are our drinking games the same as Gen Z drinking games? Yeah, I, I have to imagine so. Take, take a drink every time you feel sad. <laughs> oh God. Everyone's all drunk all dead. the time. Yeah. <sighs> uh, the team that I kind of hastily gathered together was definitely. The loot, the biggest losers of the entire night. You say hastily, it's because you kept asking, and no one wanted to be a part of this. Yeah, not like, a single one of our friends aw. thought this is a good choice. Either this people had other plans or were working, so we just got someone else kind of thrown on our team. I drop Aaron off and I say, "Text me when you're done." After our only loss with an escape game, because that was the same. Was night. that it? Okay. Yeah. After dropping him off, text me when you're done, and I go off to my parents' house, and I don't hear from him. For four hours. So, yeah. So Liz drops me off in this um, this already kind of skeezy bar with a bunch of people drinking. And I proceed to have way too much beer. Way too much beer. Like, the first game, someone hands me a beer and says, hey, thanks for making it. Because we literally pulled up and I hop out of the car and go play cornhole. Because um, in the team that was waiting on us was the team that we played the entire night. And they were assholes. Like, they were dressed up, which was kind of fun. But their attitude did not mess, uh, match what they were dressed up as because they were like just been like fun, like elf costumes and stuff like that. Like, were they taking it way too seriously? Oh God, yeah, yeah. Fuck well, you yeah. know who else takes their job way too seriously? Kickball people, elves. <laughs> okay, but you can't argue with the results. Those children get their toys every Christmas, and there are more and more children around the world every year. I was picturing Lord of the Rings elves yeah. in my head. And then oh, you said like that, Christmas like, elves. Wait, no. I'm sorry. No, there's only one kind of elf. And the they're fudge all, cookie? They're all Elrond, and they're all <laughs> hiding in trees, and they're all <laughs> making presents. You cannot deny the return of... Oh, that's a different character. Sorry. Was I was trying Gandalf. to do... The, the, that was Gandalf. What did Elrond said in the third movie? It's like something very big and poetic. I am put aside the Elrond. <laughs> I think... Are you talking about put aside the ranger? Become who you were born to be. I think so. When he when he's talking to uh, Aaron Gorn. Yeah, and so. he gives him... Underreal? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty... Yeah, because it's like... It's Hugo Weaving, so everything he says has utmost importance. And eyebrows. <laughs> I'm wearing a headband. <laughs> so I have way too much beer. At one point, I sit down at a table, and there is just a pitcher sitting there. And I look at the guys who I'm with at the time. I'm like, is this your pitcher? And they go, no. Is it yours? No. And this the guy the, who was this running is the before it time, if you couldn't tell, yeah, <laughs> yeah when you didn't care, uh, I asked the guy who was running the whole thing, who's a friend of mine. I go, "Hey, Jarvis, whose picture is this?" He looks at it, he goes, "It's yours now," and just walks away. Huh. And I go, "Okay." I ended up having half that picture myself. He bought me a picture at one point because he felt bad because I came all the way out there just to play games and lose horribly, <laughs> and then like. I, I got a couple free beers from uh, other people who were playing who were nice. And then. So you were 10 beers in at this uh, point. Minimum. Minimum. 10 beers. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm tired. I want to go. We were supposed to meet up with some friends for dinner. I'm like, I'm ready to get out of here. 
And so I text Liz. Well, she had spotty service where she was. I had spotty service where I was. So I we, don't get this text. Yeah, she doesn't get this text. Oh, no. So I'm like, and I, like, I felt like I waited half an hour, 45 minutes. And then so I text her again. Like, hey, you guys, you know, make your way out. I don't get it. She doesn't get it again. So then I call her. It's like maybe, you know, I even thought at the time, maybe she didn't get it. So I call her. Doesn't pick up. Okay, I call her again. Doesn't pick up. I wait about five minutes. I call again. And I think that last one, I like moved closer to the door. And so like she and I could connect, but we weren't able to hear each other. It was really weird. Hey, Aaron, what's up? I'm done. I'm sorry, what? I'm done. Go on, go home. (laughs) Okay. I said, I want to go home. Okay, I'm going to finish my game. I'm going to say goodbye to everyone. I'm going to head out to you. Okay. Click. So this is from the first text to that fo- that phone call conversation that we actually talked was probably 20 minutes at the most. To me, it felt like an hour. <laughs> After that call, five minutes later, I get another call. Where are you? It's, it was not. It was it not was, five minutes, was it? Was it was five minutes. Oh, God. Yeah, in this story, I'm gathering from context clues. I might be speculating here. You were a little inebriated? Just a little. So with that, I, I don't really trust your sense of timing. On this, uh, on this, no, pers- this side of the story. Why haven't you left yet? I, I'm on my way. You better get here sooner. I'm, I'm just gonna walk home. I was... He's five miles from home. Hmm. Oh, it was more than five miles. It was, it was a walk over a highway. I felt like, I felt like Did it you was walk? only a couple. It, we're getting there. Oh, don't, don't get ahead of me. I'll feed you, baby bird. So. In my mind, she's taking her sweet time. I'm like, Liz, I need help. I want to get out of here. I'm already not really having a ton of fun. I'm just drinking. I'm not having a good time. I want to get the hell out of here. I've never heard Aaron mad drunk, so I'm like, guys, I got to go. I'm sorry, and I'm hauling ass. What game were you playing, Liz? Oh, it had to have been either Phase 10 or Rummy Cube. My uh, guess is Rummy Cube. Might have been. So I, to, to me... That was 20 minutes, but it felt like an hour. And it felt like between the two phone conversations was yet another hour. <laughs> I don't know what happened at the time. All I remember is sending her that first text and then like just feeling like a bunch of time had passed. I don't know what I did to pass the time, but it felt like an hour had passed. Three minutes away. No, you call me at this point. You're like, Aaron, I'm almost there. I can't wait. No, I just straight up, I walked out of the restaurant or out of the bar and there's a road that's not really good to walk on. I started walking it is dark the sun is set oh it is raining he is walking down the side of a street with no this, sidewalk it's a little darker than what is outside right now it was dark for those listening um currently it is about twilight it is yeah. late june and it is 8 p.m on the it's east always coast about twilight. it's a uh, balmy uh 81 degrees yeah. and there is a 15 percent chance of rain and uh you are listening to npr we, we are literally uh, I I was like I'm done I'm pissed I am pissed off so I'm I start walking and I'm like all I gotta do is follow this road to the end of it or <laughs> and at the end of the road must be home no 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 oh. I was walking to the food I'm like someone's gonna give me a ride and like I and I even asked people who were going I'm like hey can you give me a ride nobody got the text because my texts weren't going out Aaron where are you I'm walking home what do you mean you're walking home I know where I left you I'm walking home I'm just driving at 20 miles per hour I don't care that the cars behind me are honking on the phone looking at every side street as I see this bedraggled man I, walking in the distance I was so 
so mad. I thought she waited three hours to come get me. <laughs> and so I pull over and I throw open the door. And I say, get in this car right now. And I'm mad at you and you're mad at me. And I'm like, we're supposed to have met our friends for a birthday dinner 30 minutes ago. And we Was dr- it for a birthday? Mm-hmm. Whose birthday was it for? I don't even know. But we oh. drive over there and I say, let's go. And you say, I'm not leaving this car. Oh, no. And we park at the Bojangles like just trying to calm down. And, you know, I appreciate her doing that after the fact. I was, I'm like, no, we're not going. No, take me home. And he's so drunk and I don't I'm know what so to do. so mad. Country roads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I was like, you go have fun. I'll take the car and I'll go home, which would not have been a good idea. Yeah. And they're in the restaurant. I'm like, will you please come out and talk to my very drunk husband? Because I can't get him to come out of the car. Oh, God. It was, oh, it was so bad. And eat. it is three in the morning. Oh, no. It was like <laughs> eight o'clock at night. No, I know. But in your mind. Yeah. yeah I was like, I want to go home. days. <laughs> like, just get me food and take me home. And so she does because she's an amazing person who I do not deserve, especially after all this. And she, she, she we go and I eat the food, uh, watching TV, and I'm like angrily. I was so mad. And she stayed out the car like the whole time I was eating too. She comes in. She initiates like trying to say like, so let's figure out where we went wrong. And I'm like, I don't give a I'm like I, I I'm belligerently mad, and and I was like because I was offended that she was upset with me, <laughs> and I'm like I? and like I almost slept on the couch that night. That is the only time I came that close. No, you fell asleep on the couch, and I looked oh, at yeah, you. Right. I looked at you asleep on the couch, and I said, "I'm gonna go for a walk." <laughs> and I walked the dark, rainy streets, just thinking about my life and what oh. <laughs> So, what we forgot to say. And why we... The name of the story. Yeah, the name of the story. So when she first picks me up, I'm ranting and raving in this car. I'm like, I do not need to rely on you, but I can walk. I can do what I want. I'm an adult. I am an adult. I can do the fuck I want. And it was so mad. And then like, I wake up the next morning and I go, how long was it from that first text message before you left? Like half an hour, 45 minutes. I'm like, that's bullshit. It, it was two to three hours. And I showed her when my text first went out. And she showed me when she got the text. And like she's showing me hot, stone cold facts. <laughs> and I'm like. Because you see. Oh, shit. I wasn't drunk. <laughs> I knew the things and I was the adult. You don't drink and you know things. I don't yeah. drink and I know things. On the topic of Game of Thrones quotes, I mean, that's something you can also say for that situation too. Like when um, Charles Dance is telling Tommen that if, you know, whoever, or he's telling uh, Joffrey, if you have to say you're the king, no real king. It's like, those who have to say they're a real adult are no real adult. Yes, that's, that's the antithesis of what happened here. I was belligerently angry for no reason at my beautiful compassionate and patient wife and she's elizabeth and he's aaron and, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea, idea. that and was smooth oh big bows well done. big yeah. accolades i mean my takeaway from this whole story is that this is all jarvis's fault uh, <laughs> correct. yeah correct. that's that's the correct takeaway correct from this? my other takeaway okay. is this reminds me of two very specific how i met your mother moments and they both involve marshall hmm I don't. Can you I don't. Guess I, them? I. I don't identify with Marshall in the slightest. So totally I, not at all. I got. I got a guess. Is yes. It, was I drunk or a kid? 
No, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, let me think. What else? What other Marshall moment? I'm not going to be able to guess it because I can't think of any specifically. Oh, Marshall versus the machine. When you had to walk. Oh. <laughs> and then. Marshall versus the machine. And then when um, they go to a concert with Pregnant Lily. Oh, yeah. And they get and high. He's, and he's high as Oh. And they think they've like tried to find the bathroom the entire concert, but it's yes. been like two minutes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. The guy with the guitar is following us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes. That that's yeah, that's good moments. Uh, great Paige, moments. I Paige think. and I have been rewatching How I Met Your Mother and um How can you? Like be be real with me because it's kinda like when you know how Game of Thrones is gonna end. It's like you can't even rewatch it anymore because you know it sucked. At yeah, the end. exactly. So how how do you play that with how well, I met your mother? When we rewatch it, it's because we put something on as we're going to sleep. Yeah. So it's mainly background noise. But like the first cup, like several seasons are solid enough. But when we get to season nine, I'm always like, let's just stop the rewatch at this point because this season is ass. But Paige, it is a lot less painful when you don't have to wait every single week to get nowhere. And her being a completionist says, no, let's just finish what we started. We have to finish. Do you watch the actual last episode or do you watch the fan compilation that just shows them other living and how they. Yeah, we just watch it. We just press play on Hulu. So we watch the original ending. Yeah. Bless it. I can't. I can't. 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 I can't. It's like it's like the um. It's like the despecialized edition of Star Wars. It's like, is it perfect? No, but it was what it was in the moment it came out. So it should be preserved. It's a time capsule. Yeah, stop stop with all the digital updates, George. George. Mm -hmm. But we actually just watched the episode that I think is a super close second to like the worst part of that season when... Ted finally lets go of Robin and she uh, floats into the sky. Because she was a balloon. Oh, I hate she, you Which, see, she was an object for the man to understand how to let go of. Well, and also, then it ends up with him going back yeah, to her. He never for, fully let her go. Yeah, it's for the fifth bullshit. time in that series, he lets Robin go. Yeah. I'm doing air quotes right now. <laughs> then, like a dog returning to its vomit, he goes back to her after he tells his story to the kids and they give him their blessing and all that talk about the one apparently is bullshit. Yeah. I'm sorry. We were going to talk about Spider-Man, but I don't think we're going to do that. Okay. No, let's yeah, break this, it down. We are okay. just going to shit on how I met your mother. No, we are going to, we're going to get this five more minutes because I do want to break this down here because I think the thing that infuriates me most is at the end of this, having the kids be the audience surrogate and saying, Oh, we always liked Aunt Robin. It's fine. Of course. Her mom's been dead for enough time. Of course you can go hook up with her. What do we care? We're just your children. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Dumb. And oh. and they did such a good job with casting the mother that you're like, oh my I God, I actually like this person. This oh is going to be great. And she's a great fit for Ted. Yes. So like, the then... whole, like Ted's whole thing, that whole show was the idea of the one being out there. Mm-hmm. And why... Yeah, I, mm. <laughs> why I refuse to watch the last episode. Ted Evelyn, Theodore Evelyn Mosby would not fail to propose to his wife. Yes. He would come up with a, a last fucking minute, but beautiful blue horn of a scenario for uh for Tracy. And they didn't do it. Yeah, they that, that's just lazy, right? Uh, like, oh, I'm gonna do this big uh, hot air balloon and we're gonna do and there's gonna be things in the woods. it's like that's awesome and they're like oh no she's pregnant Ted has Barney taught you nothing I, if I could I mean I could make an argument for that 
in a way where like Ted felt like he always had to overcompensate with his previous girlfriends because he was trying real hard. He really wanted the one to be this one. Then when he finally got the one, the pressure was off and he could just do it a way that was himself. So I can see that being a part of it, but I don't think the writers thought of it that way. I think they were just like, oh, we got to wrap this shit up after all these years. And Oh, yeah. Do you feel like, Paige, do you feel like a Gilmore Girls sort of vibe where it's like, mm. we know where the ending is, so that's all that really matters in the end. It doesn't, or Game of Thrones, we write from the end backwards. We know how we're going to, we know what we have to get to, so it doesn't matter how much you have to stretch or squatch in the middle, just make sure it ends there. That's the only way it's going to make our vision peak. Have has being married made you more of Marshall and Lily, or do you identify more with one of the other characters? None. None. Yeah, honestly, none. <laughs> Intriguing. Okay. Yeah, I'm punchy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm Punchy's wife. <laughs> Actually, honestly, they were one of the happiest couples know, on were. that show. They yeah. did look very happy together. Yeah. That's fair enough. I'll take that. And we support our football teams passionately, like sure. the Punchinellos. <laughs> I did love that. I did love that episode where it's like, I just feel bad for you, Ted. I just feel really, really bad. Like, oh, fuck. You gonna yeah. cry at my wedding, Spoosie? You gonna cry at my wedding, Spoosie? Huh? 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 in your pants. <laughs> hey, sorry to hear about your dad. Yeah, it was a real shock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Sam and Paige are here. Hi. What's up? <laughs> We're back. Sam and Paige join us very often. We're 20 minutes in. To talk about... <laughs> Marvel movies. And so when we got together again, we knew we'd have to talk as the Marvelous Marrieds about another Marvel movie. Paige selected our movie. This week, we are talking about the first Spider-Man movie. I know what we're all going to say, but let's hold off. Let's hold off our critiques because we all have different favorite Spider-Men. Paige, since you picked it, what do you like best about the first Spider-Man movie? Oh, my God. As... A person who watched it for the first time in 2002 or now? Uh, let's go with your original impressions of it. Oh, my God. Tobey Maguire looks really good without a shirt. <laughs> like, that was my first impression. And that impression. was it. And then and, and winner. Done. We figured it out. <laughs> okay, so now. It's a miracle she ended up with me. I look nothing like Tobey Maguire with my shirt off. Oh, that's. An, an, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe when I have my glasses on a little bit. But. It's a glasses thing. I had a leather jacket. Spike up his hair a little Lose bit. Lose 60 pounds. <laughs> uh, get some angst and enjoy bands more in your Jess. No, you're Max Medina. Yes, you're Max Medina, Sam. I'm sorry. I won. Yes. I won. Wait, I haven't watched the show. Who's Max? You have watched the ones with oh, Max in it. Just thousand yellow bar- bargain bin Justin Trudeau. Yes. yes. That's what I... Okay. That that guy. Correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. sorry. What? Yes. He, in the first season when I saw him, he looked like... His, with his hair and the way he dressed, he reminded me of Justin Trudeau, but less handsome and less awesome Max to me. Max is handsome. I didn't say he was not handsome. I just said he was less handsome than Trudeau. Eh. Literally a former model. True. Okay. Okay. I mean, so I called him bargain bin Justin Trudeau. But Sam Cooks, he's not a teacher, but he works with students. I do. He's very patient with the Lorelai Gilmores of the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm referencing me you're pretty patient with me (laughs) you let me do things that i want to (laughs) do all right so now um so many years later toy mcguire is still hot and what else and there's something about it well it's probably nostalgia to be honest but it's just like so solid like 
here's the thing that happens. Here's the sad thing. Here's how he grows. Here how's, here's how he becomes who he's going to be. And then how he maturely as an 18 year old makes that decision at the end. Like, wow, all we wanted the whole movie was for them to get together. And then he's like, no, it's not safe. Like, I think he's just solid. You know, it's a good story. Uh, Sam, as the filmmaker of the group, uh, or the film uh, aficionado, uh, what do you find uh, of Sam Raimi's take on the Spider-Man mythos? Because uh, there's been so many different Spider-Man movies that have come out. What did you think of his handling of the character and the comic book material? Yeah, I mean, looking at the movie in context, when it came out and what comic book movies were like at that point, it was a very different time. I mean, most movies based on comic book characters were ass. Correct. They were just not handled well. They The budget was not there. Just the, the vision. Comic books are so crazy and out there. You got to have a certain level of technology and willpower to make it work well. X-Men then came out, which changed the game. So then, um, because Marvel sold the rights to 20th Century Fox for X-Men, they then sold Spider-Man to Sony, and Sony decided to try and do something similar and epic and Kind of like for the kids, but also for the adults, too. I think that's the main difference here. So when you look at that movie in context, um, stylistically, it is very, very, I don't want to say out there, but if you look at it sort of like looking at moving comic book panels with the very dynamic compositions and the crazy transitions and the, you know, the very intentional direction of every, um, everything that he does, it, it feels like a comic book. But then when you look at the characters too, like kind of like what Paige was talking about, every motivation that Peter Parker goes through is very clearly defined. So even a child watching can understand why that decision is being made. I'm going to talk about this a little more in a little bit, but I think for its era and for a lot of other factors I'll talk about later, I think it was a very great for one of the first good attempts at a comic book movie and it, it was successful. Absolutely. And Aaron, as our resident Spider-Man, uh, just super fan. He's like your favorite superhero. I know Batman is there, but I think Spider-Man has truly become like the one. Um, what do you, I, and I know that we're coming into this from a bit of a backwards point because Aaron's already said it's not the best Spider-Man movie, but we all know that Spider-Verse, we're just going to put that off the table. and We're not going to talk about it for the rest of the time. But what do you feel about the portrayal of Spider-Man in this first outing? Um, you're right. Um, Spider-Man is truly my favorite superhero of all time. Batman is a very close second because I love the stories and I love the rogues gallery. But there's also a lot of similarities between um, Batman and Spider-Man because of, you know, the loss of parents being raised by someone outside of those two. And then you've got... <clears throat> um, you, you like the the rogues gallery they both have incredible villains that's why the spider-man video game for the playstation 4 was so successful because it was very easy to put in you know like the shocker or the scorpion or you know even um yeah the whole uh, sinister Fisk. six in there mm-hmm. yeah exactly point. and uh, i haven't got to that point yet oh sorry no no it's okay i know they're coming but okay. um <laughs> there's such, and when you talk about spider-man's rogues gallery you cannot draw a very clear line down the middle of funny costume men or peter parker father figures that <laughs> Uh, yeah they've portrayed them uh, in the original comics it wasn't as much as that but definitely with the movies they have done that but the um the thing that someone described to me a long time ago before the tom holland stuff came out because to me tom holland is spider-man i like toby Maguire and i like andrew garfield but they're both a very stylized to uh, tom holland is the best all-around spider-man 
he has the goofiness and the um, the quips from the 60s and on. And he has the attitude and a little bit of the um, the badassery of the Ultimates and, and then on. So, um, to me, Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man. Where Tobey Maguire really did well is that he had some really good quips. A little bit more so in 2 and 3. But he he this style with Sam Raimi and then Tobey Maguire was definitely the '60s era. The Spider-Man and his amazing friends. The you know the meme of him pointing at himself essentially. <laughs> uh, that's where they look like the best, or that's where they fit in the best. And Andrew Garfield is more of the Ultimates era. The attitude, very thin, lanky, uh, wiry builds. Um, there are quips, but it's more about just beating the shit out of other people, telling a little bit more in-depth stories. I mean, Ultimate Iron Man, it starts off with Iron Man being or Tony Stark being born, and literally his entire body is covered with brain matter. That's why he's so smart. He has to go through years where he's wearing like a, a chemical blue uh, dye, so he doesn't literally walk on his brain and touch stuff with his brain. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimates gets weird, Joe. Like Deadpool... In Ultimates is fucked up. Gosh, just okay. Um, so, it, I don't care for the original Spider-Man trilogy as much as I care for Amazing Spider-Man sequels, or sorry, movie and sequel, and the more recent MCU stuff. I I just don't. I I liked it when I was a kid, and then when I saw it again when I was a little bit older, and it's like, I, even with uh, the Amazing Spider-Man stuff, I just didn't care for it as much. And rewatching it last night, you know, it's good. It's just super cheesy and campy doesn't make it a bad movie it's just not what i'm looking for like the mcu even the amazing spider-man stuff it can be campy but it's still rooted in a better story in my opinion Rewatching it last night i got the very hard sense that the early 2000s were all about 30 somethings playing 12 year olds it looked like a cw movie to be quite honest just watching like people saying oh yeah i'm just like in high school and mm-hmm. trying to make my first yeah. job work i mean and... think about dawson's creek and 90210 yeah exactly and kirsten dunst was 20 or maybe 19 when filming and toby mcguire was 27 it's... so wow <laughs> really yeah he is he is a baby face yeah serious baby yeah. face none of the three harry osborne uh, james franco mary jane watson um, Kirsten Dunst and uh, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker are below the age of 20. Like, huh. I think Tobey Maguire is actually the oldest. Yes. And then and James Kirsten. Franco and then Kirsten. Oh, wait. Yeah. How old was James Franco? Like I 23, he... 24. Oh, yeah. And then Kirsten Dunst was, was like 20. The baby. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the baby. She was 20. Yeah. <laughs> for the crowd. I was at, there's actually something really cool happening this uh, watch through. Because for me, my favorite Spider-Man movie is Spider-Man 2. Alpha Molina's Doc Ock. Just, God, I love that character. Great villain. Such a good villain. I really, I really vibe with it. Uh, Willem Dafoe is great, but it's very just... Jekyll and Hyde out of freaking nowhere and it's Willem Dafoe he's always a weird oddball uh but oh Aaron's got a face Aaron what you got what you got what you got Ooh. I don't know if I should save this or not <laughs> I think I will okay uh so uh, it's a very interesting cameo that I never knew tell me until now tell me okay all right uh so at one point they're like interviewing people. What do you think of Spider-Man? And they're like, oh, he's he's doing the job that the police should be doing. So he's getting in the way. He stinks, blah, blah, blah. and I don't like him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Guy has eight hands. Sounds hot. Right. Yeah. You want to take two guesses at who? No, who just it is? tell me. Uh, they're going to be bad guesses, but I can. The take girl guesses. from NCIS. No. Just she doesn't look like that. Sinead uh, O'Connor with a wig. 
<laughs> Weirdly enough, Sam's a little closer than really, Becker. like the slightest little bit. Is it Bjork? No, no, it's it's not a musical artist. Kate Bush. It's not a musical artist. Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's not a as musical. a seven-year-old. Aaron. Wait, no, she's our age. As a thirteen-year-old, Lucy Lawless. No, ah, yep. What? what? That, Wait, as, as show me Xena? a picture. As in Xena Warrior Princess. I call bullshit. Hold on. I'm literally looking at IMDb right, All right now. Fair enough. I, well, I need I mean, to see another picture. What do I Google right now? Spider-Man guy with eight hands sounds hot girl? Yeah. Correct. Lucy that Lawless. is exactly what or you look Or just Spider-Man up. Lucy Lawless. That's what I'm looking at, too. Yeah, you're faster. That's, uh, yep. you're blowing yep. my mind right now. Look at that. Oh, sorry. So she... It's definitely the hair. Yeah. I don't see it still. I'm staring right at it. I trust you when you say it's her, but the makeup and the wig. It's so well done. So she I, must have been friends with Sam Raimi to just do a quick ass cameo like he, that, right? He she helped, had a career at this yeah. point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was uh, Xena at this point. Yeah. Um, she, uh, he, Xena had run its course by that point. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, he executive produced uh, Xena Warrior Princess. Oh. Because Bruce Campbell was in Xena at one point, too, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Who's Bruce Campbell? He's the guy from the the announcer at the wrestling match. In oh, this one. Okay, okay. He has a small part in every of the Raimi Spider-Man movies. Uh. Yeah. Remember once Peter in the second one goes to the theater to see Mary Jane and the dude's oh, like, yeah, he's oh, the fix asshole. your tie. Oh, tie your shoe. Sorry, no, we I'm not can't let, let you in. in. <laughs> it would shatter the illusion. I'll shatter <laughs> your illusion, illusion bitch. <laughs> um, All right. So back before Lucy Lawless entered our lives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, watching this again, I really... Watching this again, I really think that while they do a good job of talking about uh, Peter Parker and the growth he has to go through and him becoming a hero, and they do a good job with that, I kind of feel like these movies should have been about Harry because like, he has like a really cool character arc that he has to go through, just being constantly duplicitously lied to by everyone around him and having to learn how to become his own man. And I think that's why they kept him around till Spider-Man 3 to make a villain and then not a villain and a villain. Uh, I don't know. I, I find in my old age relating to my villains more and more. So just to see this guy like... Aaron, Spider- watch your back. <laughs> Spider-Man will pay. But thank God for you, Peter. Like just oh, it's so deliciously ironic. Oh. Mm. Um, I, I think it's just because he does a really good job. Like sometimes I find it hard to really like get into Tobey Maguire's portrayal because it's, it's so comic book simple. There's no nuance. And I don't think that's a bad thing for this particular movie. Same with Kristen Dunst. Same with Aunt May. Same with Uncle Ben. Same with just everyone. All the bullies are just bullies because they're mean. And this and that and this. And then we just have this kid who's like constantly trying to live up to his father's rotations, failing, best friends with a guy who is more of a son to his father than he ever was, trying to keep this girlfriend. Like all these things. I just, I've sympathized with him and James Franco's portrayal of him so very much that first scene where harry and norman pull up in the rolls royce and we see them in the car for the first time the first thing i thought of was like holy shit this might be the last time i saw james franco where it looks like he got a decent night's sleep <laughs> here's the end because if here's you see, the beginning of the end. did you see him at any point after that like it looks like dude stays up 20 hours a day it, it has to be just those bags upon yeah, bags. Yeah, just harassing women and teaching at NYU. Correct. Just not no time for sleep when no you got time. that full ass schedule. Got to schedule in that women harassment. But like when he was like a twenty four year old, I guess he still had a something of a sleep schedule. 
I think that's the way to get around it, Sam. You've, you've said it correctly. Get to the person who's problematic before they were problematic <laughs> so you can enjoy them and, and then you can cancel them afterwards. <laughs> Who knows when they became problematic, though? A very good point. Yeah, I feel like with very in true. Franco's case, it really started when he like got involved with NYU classes and behaved inappropriately around possibly some students, possibly other people. Maybe him just acting like an 18-year-old for most of his 20s does something to a person. I'm not sure who's yeah. to say. It is very true, though. Like, Peter is incredibly predictable. Like, he's always going to do the right thing, and you can always count on him, which is nice, but you can call the shots on everything that he's going to do and every movie he's going to make. So Yeah, but think about comic books, of especially like the 60s era, like when you're the first iterations. The stories are very basic. They're very simple, but that's what makes them so approachable and accessible to such a wide audience. Definitely, so like, and it makes you put all of your trust in him and know that he's going to come out the good guy. And You can see Raimi mixing both the Superman Christopher Reeves and the Reeve. Tim Reeve, thank you, and the Tim Burton Batman. You can see him taking both of those and kind of cobbling them together into like this new form where it feels timeless, except for Macy Gray, but also feels <laughs> this purely relevant. Ne- this purely <laughs> neutral protagonist. You take like bright and happy, dark and gritty, and in the middle you got Peter Parker. Correct. Mm-hmm. He is the Aberdolf Linkler of superheroes. Correct. You guys, know I'll just him? nod. Oh God, and Rick pretend and like Morty. I know. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you, guys, you, know, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you, uh-uh. Paige? And there's a joke in Rick and Morty where Rick says he tried hard to make like a perfectly morally neutral leader. So he combined the genes of Abraham Lincoln and Adolf Hitler and came out a guy named Aberdolf Linkler who wears a stovetop hat and has a tiny mustache, has a comb over, and but wears like a suit vest and wrestles. <laughs> and he's like very at war with himself. <laughs> it's a funny, Maurice LaMarche played a good job. Yeah, well, okay. it's Maurice Lamar. Yeah. She always turns in a great performance. Yeah, I swear I'm not one of those, like, rabid or toxic Rick and Morty fans. I just love cartoons. <laughs> I mean, I did want to try a Szechuan sauce, but I wasn't going to go try to get one. No, I feel so bad. smart. Because yeah. it's, it's clearly a smart show, but I've always been in the opinion, if I can't get behind any of the main characters, like, if there's no good in them, what am the I big doing Lebowski. here? <laughs> really? Never seen The Big Lebowski. I watched like half of it and I had to stop because I didn't like anyone. Well, like I, I, I do well, want to watch it. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> I want to yes, watch it, it one time just to like, because everyone just raves about how great this movie is. And there was actually a radio station near us that uh, would, whenever they had guests on, they would ask them like a set of questions that were like dumb questions like taco or no hot dog. Is it a taco or a sandwich? What is the best uh, type of fry? And then it was Big Lebowski. Pure genius or hot garbage. <laughs> and like, I didn't get to go on. I was like, I wanted to watch it and then wanted to go on to, because like, it was one of the host's like favorite movies of all time. So and I wanted to just trash to in front say. of him. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to just trash in front of him, but I never got that opportunity. Unfortunately, mm. the Your time will gone. come. Well, the station's gone. <laughs> Another host will create emerge. Create the station. <laughs> I'd love yeah, to. Create a station and hire a guy you know loves Big Lebowski, so he eventually has a call-in segment about that, so you can call in and shit on it. <laughs> this a 10-year con. This is the longest con. This is some Barney-level shit that they'll do. <laughs> They're exploding meatballs up. Step yeah. one, hire a radio DJ that I know likes the Big Lebowski. Step two. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Uh, Aaron, I think it is time to enter the sponsor down. I think it is. Oh, God, we barely talked about the movie. We're already, we're already uh, there. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I just want to, uh, how about this? We're, we'll step in with the knowledge of that Will Forte, Jason Lee, Justin Long, Bill Hader, 
Jack Black and Patton Oswalt were all considered for Harry Osborne. What? what? Wait, go through the list again. Sorry. Okay. Will Forte <laughs> of Cloudy, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs fame. Or no. SNL? Yeah. Yeah, and SNL. No, I'm thinking. Last Bill, Man well, on Earth? Well, and Bill Hader. Yes. Uh, Bill Hader of the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs Bill fame. Bill Hader. And SNL. And SNL. <laughs> uh, and so many other things. Um, Jason Lee of. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, God. Jason Lee? He played Dave, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I'm like, I know Jennifer Jason Lee. <laughs> I don't think Did, they're the same person. No. Nope. Even older. Like, you're going the wrong direction, Sam. Uh, Justin Long. That makes okay. sense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jack Black. <laughs> what? I know that's I, the weirdest. I choice. want to see that version of Spider-Man. We already kind of did because of that MTV no, thing. Harry. He was playing we Toby McGuire's character. No, I want to see Still. Jack Black in like a full product, like Sam Raimi production with a serious ass protagonist like Toby McGuire, Peter Parker, with dopey ass Jack Black trying to be brooding and mopey, but failing because he's Jack. I want to see but that. Shit. I, I that is gold to me. People who do like. For real good comedy, can do drama really well. So oh, yeah. I can see him get. They understand dark. what makes things tick to a different extent than other people. Like, mm-hmm. like Robin Williams has some of the best dramatic performances, but he was also one of the funniest people on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in acting classes, like drama is the first thing they teach you because comedy's fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Comedy is extremely you hard. There's... The, you graduate to comedy basically. Two sponsors enter. One sponsor leaves. Ooh, ha, ha. Nice. That's good, Sam. That's okay. Yeah, you're looking at me like expecting me to say something. No, I'm sorry. No, we can do better. Here, may I have a drum roll, please? Two sponsors enter. One sponsor leaves. Now that's how you do a sponsor drum intro. Shark bait. Ooh, ha, ha. What are we doing? Aaron, who's our reigning champion? Okay, that's going to be Audible. (laughs) Audible is offering our uh, offer. Can I take that again? Is yes. that okay? Or... Editor's note, yes. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audio book with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea to get started. Why Audible? Well, I'll tell you. Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. Uh, so Liz, why don't you tell us about the greatest love story ever told? Yes, I'm continuing my campaign of 52 books in 52 weeks. And just yesterday at the beach, I finished the greatest love story ever told, which is an oral history, uh, by Megan Mullally and Nick Offerman. It was so charming. It's told in conversation format. So it's just the two of them talking at each other with like M or N next to it. So you know who is speaking. And because they have such unique, awesome, amazing voices, it's very easy. They, they talk just like they write. It's so fantastic. They use great big uh, vocabulary words. Uh, they talk about how they met and their relationship, how to keep it fresh. A lot of sex talk. Um, it's... <laughs> Uh, it was really sweet and really nice, and uh, it was it was wholesome. And I was telling Paige that I had been on a really bad book streak. Every book I'd read for the past four weeks had been shite. So it was really nice to finally come into such a nice and wholesome book. And good news on Audible, the two of them actually narrate their own book, which is great. Yes. 
For those of you who don't know Megan uh, Mullaly uh, and Nick Offerman. You Fun would... fact, Mullaly is an Irish word meaning cane or walking stick. You mean like shillelagh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I interrupted you. Keep going. That's the joke. <laughs> Thank you, disembodied voice. Um, <clears throat> Megan Mullaly was from Will and Grace. She played Karen. And Nick Offerman was in Parks and Rec, where he played Ron Swanson. Also, uh, if you're really just a huge fan of Nick Offerman, uh, you can He's also... He's written several books. Yeah, you can also find Paddle Your Own Canoe, Good Clean Fun, and Gumption. All written are all written and read by Nick Offerman. Uh, but if you want to find latest love story by the two of them in oral history, uh, you can find that Audible, and you can get a free trial membership by going to audibletrial.com/slash/marriedtotheidea. Get that free 30-day trial membership to download the greatest love story ever told. And since we are in Savannah, we're going to plug in the sponsor dome, the Challenger, a local Savannah shop, Nourish. Good news, though, you don't have to be a Savannah local to get Nourish. You can go to, I believe, nourishsavannah.com. Yep. I got it right. Fantastic. Got it in one. Uh, And actually, I'm going to let Aaron be the little testimonial today because uh, we walked into Nourish (laughs) on a very hot, very muggy day just to get some shower steamers. We walked into Nourish just to get some shower steamers, maybe a little salt scrub, but Aaron was having a terrible pressure sinus headache starting, and as we walked up to the front counter... You going to let me tell the story or no? <laughs> you said I was going to be the one to testi- be the testimonial. I said you are the testimonial. I didn't uh, say you were going to I'm sorry. <laughs> I misunderstood. My fault. Well, if you would like to share your feelings as you put on the headache peppermint stick on your head... Yeah, um, they had it at the front counter, and I've used essential oil, like the rollers and stuff like that, on my foreheads for, for headaches and for muscle aches and stuff like that in the past, and they work, but they, for some reason, I don't know if this was a better combination, a little bit more of a concentrated oil, I'm not sure, but I put it on, and immediately, or almost immediately, I felt uh, a, like a cooling sensation, and the pressure started to get relieved. Um, it was from sinuses because I could feel it, uh, my left sinus getting inflamed. So, and of course, it's right above it too. Um, so I put a little bit on on top of the sinus too, and like I went from having some discomfort and pain at three at the most to having almost none. So. Um, they have that and they even had something to help me like with my sinuses to kind of help breathe a little easier. Oh yeah. They had aromatherapy stuff. Uh, they've got bath fizzy shower steamers, uh, uh, this beautiful design, soap, salt scrubs, candles, tons of stuff. We highly recommend it. And again, even if you're not Savannah local, go to nourishsavannah.com to check out some of their awesome projects. Free shipping on your orders of $60 or more. (laughs) I'm not sure how long that's going to last, but uh, if you listen to this in the first few I believe weeks, it's all the time. Well, let's hope because we're going to use that eventually. Because all we're the time. Run out of the, we're never going to stop talking about the, them. Those those shower fizzies, if you've never had one like that, they're so nice because it makes the shower smell nice, but it also activates a lot of things for your body. It's so cool. Sam and Paige, you're going to have to tell us how you like yours because that uh, we got you one for you to try oh, out. Because, thanks. Oh, thanks. And I've gotten guys. them before and they're, they really are great. Because showers are so like, just get in and get out. So to have yeah. something nice about the shower, mm-hmm. when actually still get clean and like baths, we take a bath and then afterwards we take a shower. Because I know. I love clean. baths and I like bath bombs, but our... As you can tell, our guest shower is the only one that has a bathtub and it's about like a foot off the ground. So you fit... 
30% of your body in there when you take a bath. It was you designed to bathe there. a child. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Why are all baths designed for child bathing? I would, Not fair. I, I recently went back to my grandparents' house where I had spent some time during summers growing up. And I re- distinctly remember taking baths in that thing and having plenty of room. And I look at it and it's half the size of me now. Half at minimum or at maximum. It's a tiny, tiny bath. And I remember laying in it with my head and my feet submerged. And now I, I don't even think I could get all of my lower half or lower half in it. So I know. When I look at most sorry, when I look at most bathtubs, I'm like, cold needs, cold boobs. Not the end. It. A lot of cold exposed stuff. Yeah. yeah, we on our mini moon we found a two person tub in our, our cabin with a two person tub. We would sit in there, we would set up an iPad playing like scrubs and just fucking relax. <laughs> I would- it was Cozy AF, motherfucker. Did you say fuck and relax or fucking relax? That's what I thought. <laughs> either or, either or is applicable for the honeymoon. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I would. We're like really to... getting that R rating for this tonight. <laughs> Your mini moon was at my house, though. No, that was the actual honeymoon. <laughs> oh, was it? Well, I'm sorry. Oh, eight months later. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if <laughs> I'd, if I'd we... have known it was a special occasion, I would have tried more. You took me to the Green Bay Bar. Yeah, that was yeah. the cool one. Of the, like, we stayed oh, later wait, than I'm we were sorry, going to. Did we not tell you that was part of the honeymoon trip? You just thought we were just coming down because? No, well, we, that, I, I thought we, you said, I thought it was part of a mini moon. Like, uh, a little vacation after the wedding, whatever. Well, the first one that we did was, like, immediately, fall, like, so we had the wedding, uh, and then we had a day, and then the next went to day, the cabin. we went up to the cabin and spent a week there. Um, when we saw you later on that year in October, correct? Uh, we we're we, going to Disney. Yeah, we went to we came to Savannah, spent a day or so with you, and then we went to Disney Beach House in Florida. We did all yeah. sorts of stuff on that. That's that was fun. It was, it was kind of a great all around trip, actually. I would like to bring to the group the Spider Man drinking game. <laughs> uh, so can we do that, and then we'll finish with like what was your favorite part and your least favorite part. Why not, Aaron? I think that's a great way to kind of end the the so we can actually keep talking about the movie and not just oh man, yeah, go off on tangents. So many things I forgot to mention. Okay, so uh, this applies to the first Toby movie and the first Andrew movie. So you can try this with either one. Um, we have drink whenever, uh, shot whenever, chug whenever, and finish your drink. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you the drink, shot, chug, and then I want you guys to guess what the finish your drink one is after telling you all the other ones. Okay. All right. Okay. Drink whenever Peter takes a picture. Peter creeps on his crush. You see a spider. I'm already getting my stomach pumped after the first act. Peter <laughs> makes a smart-ass remark to drinks if he's quipping while fighting a criminal or someone calls Spider-Man a criminal. They need to get an IED in there at this point. Take a me. shot when Peter gets bitten, Uncle Ben dies, or a Stan Lee cameo happens. They are calling the coroner at this point for me. <laughs> Chug while Peter is fighting Flash. Peter is making his Spidey costume. A villain is being created because science. <laughs> and now, when do you finish your drink? I'm at this point dead as established, so... Okay, so Sam did not finish his drink. He didn't make oh, it. Oh, when Mary Jane screams. Uh, finish your drink? Finish your drink when oh. Mary Jane screams? Oh, no, that's a, that's a shot. What yeah. about, that's a sip. <laughs> what about when someone makes that upside down? Finish your drink. Or when uh, Green Goblin talks to himself? Finish your drink. <laughs> I will say that this thing only happens once? the once, the very once. Yeah, with drinking games like that, you got to pace when yourself. When Uncle Ben if dies. A, no, if we it, did it, that. If oh, it's shit. a finish your drink scenario, it's got to be like a big thing that only happens once or twice. You're yeah. out, Gobby. Out of your mind. 
No? Okay. Uh, you finish your drink as Paige suggested when Peter Parker dramatically rejects his love interest. Mm. Oh. Now you finish your drink out of sadness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so sad. You know, he doesn't even make an attempt to disguise his voice. Like, not even a little bit. Mary Jane's not observant. Oh, no. They, they asked uh, Kirsten Dunst at one point, like, did he like did she know that he was spider-man when it's like oh i was in the neighborhood and like you have a look she's like, oh no no, she's too dumb <laughs> bless her there is a difference between like him talking to her in their backyards and you were cinderella and you made me cry and watch out mary jane like if anyone knew maybe an, you're out super- gobby out of your mind if a superhero <laughs> knows my name i like Oh, you're my best friend from sixth grade. Like, stop it. Like, I know you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially yeah. hearing him say the same phrase, I was in the neighborhood. Like, that should have been a huge tip off. Like, do you trust me? Oh, God. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, there's yeah. an example of a smart person in a movie. Yeah. Who knew immediately, like, I see where we're going with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think even Kristen Dunst pointed out one of the bigger flaws with the movie um, before, like, during the commentary. She even, like, jokes about it and i can't remember it was something to do with like how they didn't how she didn't know who he was or like it was something really dumb i i, I can't remember right now and i'll just have to like put it in the comments or something below but mm. like there's there's big you're such a nice friend energy when they're in the hospital together and she's like what'd you tell spider-man about me he's like oh just that you're uh, that my love for you burns the white hot intensity of a thousand suns she's like you did oh thank you like, it's my god girl like please so, i mean we like to shit on that character a lot justifiably so but given the material like i thought kirsten dunst did a good job with the character yeah honestly. that was think, not a well yeah i character. think they all did well with the characters they were given but th- that, that should be on i don't even know sam raimi but that should be on the writers yeah because mary jane is one of the best spider-man characters there's a whole uh graphic novel uh it's i think it's like spider-man's allies or some or allies of spider-man and it, it's like one like big one shot from like Black Cat's perspective, from Mary Jane's perspective, one from Aunt May, who she threatens like a costume villain at one point, and it's badass. Yeah, but remember, like these are like some later iterations of Spider-Man you're talking about. This movie <sighs> is taking from the simplistic, approachable formula the early comic books did, where in those, yeah, Mary Jane was little more than just a goal for the protagonist to pursue. So like. I'm not saying it's the right decision, but for this type of movie being made at that time, like you had to dumb some stuff down and simplify some things. And they definitely wanted to stick with like the more family friendly approach. I can see that. Yeah, hundred. But I, I mean, I disliked Aunt May in this movie. She's she's a grandmother, and that's fine. But when Green Goblin bursts in and says, "Finish it, finish it, Romeo." <laughs> Uh, and then she continues to moan. I mean, she went through a pretty dra- uh, traumatic experience. I get it, but this poor actress, like the the direction of just keep moaning, like you're 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 really distraught. Uh, no more moaning. Ah, uh, damn it! I'm Sam Raimi, and I want more moaning. <laughs> like it's just you it, are it, background noise. It, it, it gets, background noise. It gets too much at one point. Yeah. So. But again, it's like it's a comic book, so like things are exaggerated and corny in a lot of comics and but we need to just be demand here. more from our comic book movies well and remember it, we at, are there at this point there was no bar there were bars x-men was the first bar that was two years ago and before that Batman. there was bullshit 
There, there was wa- nothing. It, there really wasn't nothing. It wasn't just a wasteland of terrible comic movies. It was a pretty big one, but there were still oases of like Blade and X Men and uh, freaking like Dark Man and stuff like that. Yeah, but again, those were the exception, not the rule. Yes, and things exactly. like Blade, tonally very different from Spider Man. Oh yeah, is Blade a superhero mon- movie? I've yeah. never seen. He's it. Marvel. Marvel. Oh yeah, he's in the Avengers at one point. Cool. The more you know. Yeah, that's why there's <laughs> no vampire problem in the Avengers complex anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Except for, uh, oh, God. Mobius? No. Correct. Mordecai. Mobius? Mobius Designs. <laughs> Mobius like Owen Wilson? No. No. It, that's a different... It, there's, uh, he's, a, he's actually a Spider-Man villain, um, and he, they oh. are doing a movie of him. With Jared played, Leto. Yeah. Oh, Because weird. he did the Joker so well, let's give him another mm. one. Yeah. Honestly, with better material, I think he could do a good Joker, but... He's not a bad actor. He's just kind of no, a douchebag. He a won an of... Oscar for a reason. I don't yeah. know why we don't continue the take hot young boy actors and turn them into scary villains. Heath Ledger, anyone? It's worked every single time. I was wondering where you're going with that because it was like... The hot young boys. <laughs> <laughs> take, take hot young boys, end of sentence. Yes. <laughs> and put them on the CW. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, but like I, I mean, I get where you're coming from, and you're not wrong for sure. But I'm just like, I like to look at this movie in the context of several factors: what superhero movies were expected to be at that time, and when it came out. Yeah, and, they were expected to be essentially toy makers, yeah, in, or, or uh, producers of toys, for exactly, kids. or just like, hey, we have this property, let's see what we can do with it. Yeah, because I mean, look at like the first two or the first. Well, the only two that really... No, Sony still did the third one. But the Fantastic Four. I mean, they were silly movies. They were not good movies, but... They, they had their own vibe. Like, yeah. that's what I got out they of watching corny. these Spider-Man films. It's they have their own unique vibe in a way that a lot of Marvel movies kind of all have the same vibe after a while. Just because you have to hit certain beats, follow certain formulas. Mm-hmm. Every director who's ever worked for them says we kind of have to rein in everything that makes us unique because... The formula? I think they've they've broken away from that formula, or they have movies that do break away from it, in my opinion, because they've got, I call them the palate cleansers. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, I mean, Deadpool, he's not MCU until now, but there's, there's certain movies that have become the palate cleansers. They're not just, someone figures out they have a power, struggles with it, struggles with it, and then faces off against a big bad who has a similar power. And then they face off. That's they. You they've know changed what? that formula a Thank little bit. Thank you, Aaron, for bringing that up. How nice a superhero movie is to have, where the villain and the hero do not have the same powers. Because that's usually my problem with most Marvel movies. It's hero and then villain with slight variation of yeah. same power. Same power, but bigger. Exactly. Or same power, but slightly less good. Yeah, like I think Evil. that almost makes up for the fact that they say Peter Parker's really smart, and we never. We get never to see get that anything in this first movie, not a little bit of it at all. And I, but didn't... you know, the Green Goblin is something of a scientist himself. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> just had to work that in, didn't you? I had to work in every meme I can. And then just imagine Peter crying. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I didn't Uncle know. Ben. I didn't know was, when I'm I sorry, saw. That was super mean. I yeah, I thought he did a good job. He did a fine yeah. job after the graduation. Yeah. He was consistently crying during yeah. that conversation. We had, we had this conversation when it was happening in the movie. Like, 
clearly Tobey Maguire, the actor, he's summoning real tears for yes. those takes. He is technically doing it well. I think just Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Nobody cries pretty. Yeah, Tobey Maguire as a human just has a weird cry face. Like you don't always control no. when you're being in the moment. Yeah. You can't always control what your body does. And, and you're absolutely right, Paige. No one cries pretty. You still can cry in a better way, not just kind of sullen face with a little bit of a pouty lip and a tear coming down your eye. Like, that doesn't have to be the shot. What do you want from him? Me- Meisner, Meisner it's not would... from Toby. It's from Sam. <laughs> Sam needed to frame that shot better because he's Sam, just sitting there. Sam, why did you do a better job with this Come movie? On, I, wanted, I wanted Toby to stay in the moment. I wanted him to do, take the Meisner method and just roll with whatever comes and do not hold back. I want him crying. I want his family crying. Everyone, his dog, his butcher I want them crying. His butcher, his baker, and his candlestick maker shall all cry. From this movie, I got that uh, Peter Parker would have been a great seamstress or artist or photographer or anything besides scientist. His sketches. Yeah. Holy crap. I know. Like, why I wish I could just make that up. Those sketches were better than his first costume that he did against against Bonesaw. Drawing and making an outfit is completely different. Bonesaw is ready. (laughs) Yes. No, I would really love a version of somebody cutting together. It's probably already out there of (laughs) like the montage of that costume design happening. But what Toby actually would have been drawing. Oh, Oh, (laughs) let me see the actual shots. It's like a stick figure, but it's red and there's a spider drawn over the stick chest. But but more legs. Eight legs. Mary Jane's in the (laughs) corner with big boobs and red hair. Like, oh, Spider-Man. And that's drawn like a hentai character. Put a lot of effort into the Mary Jane and then just like... And then I've seen enough inside to know where this is going. And then a Pink Floyd logo in the one corner. Or ACDC. <laughs> or that S with all the lines. Yes. Uh, Mrs. Mary Jane Parker. <laughs> Played by Catherine Hepburn's ghost. <laughs> yes. Specifically. Mr. Peter uh, Watson. Got a nice <laughs> ring to no it. Hey, takes a very confident man to uh, take his wife's name. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. But uh, with that said, I did not do that. <laughs> I am not confident enough. Okay, so to be fair, I, Paige didn't take my name either. Well, yeah, that, we both wrong win. <laughs> we both win. <laughs> I kind of liked the idea of like when you take both best last names and you like mix them together. So like, get Hines or. Could, Kinds or something kinds. like that. I do like kinds. Like that would have been a fun thing to do. I, unfortunately, I chose not to do that because, or even suggest it really, because I my I'm the last of really my my family. So there's not Same. there are other Hydenses out there. See, like, and it's fine. Like he, if if you were to ever have a kid and you name him like the uh, Fern Laura. No, I was gonna say hyphenate. The, yeah, if you hyphenate, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Like people who are like, oh, you have to take the last name and the kid has to have blah blah blah. No. Fuck that. That's you true. do what you want. Yeah. We're making up most of the name anyway. Yeah, exactly. But if our kid, or if we ever have a kid, if then and they hyphenate the last name, they're going to have a Jewish and a Sicilian last name. Yes. They're going to get made fun of so much. I hope so. Yeah. I would much rather a nerd. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I know or how a, to handle a nerd. Or, or a villain in waiting, all that ridicule. Yeah. Oh, Festering. God. Let's make sure to love I'm, them. Yeah. I'm no longer Kalora. It's on my to-do Fernberg. list. Make sure to love child, okay? I have to remember that. Love. <laughs> Write love it on child. a list. All right, so we know that Paige would say more apps, but what could we do to improve the first Spider-Man movie? Because it's not... Like my answer. It's, not, Add more comedy? Is it, it's pretty goofy it's already. already yeah. uh, goofy is not comedy. 
Goofy's not comedy. Because what I do like about the Tom Holland is like, he's not as stoic as Toby, but that's also like of the time. And he for- also didn't, he, he didn't go as goofy or as like smarmy as Andrew Garfield did. Yeah, we can just not talk about those movies. That's yeah, I uh, see. I, I'm I, gonna I'm gonna defend them till the cows come home because Andrew Garfield was a gr- better Spider-Man than Tobey Maguire, no. and Emma Stone was a better leading female protagonist than Mary Jane Maybe. Watson slash. And yet, those Dunn's. movies were somehow worse. Yes, <laughs> you know, like that. That's I blame crazy. I blame the uh, the story. Uh, the stories that they went with. And the fact that we got a reboot immediately after the last franchise ended and nobody asked for it. No, nobody They're just like, oh, we have to make another movie, otherwise we lose the rights. What do we do? Uh, The same thing, but different? Sure. (laughs) The only only person who probably asked for it was Andrew Garfield because, I mean, he went to a comic convention dressed as Spider-Man, like a really crappy Spider-Man costume, waited in line to ask a question at a Spider-Man panel and was literally like, he pulled off his like, hey, this isn't a question so much, but more so a statement, and he pulled off his mask and it was him. He's like, I just want to say thank you to all the fans who have supported me and the, you know, giving me this opportunity to play a character that I've loved since I was a kid. Like, that's I have nothing but respect for that. Yeah, that's that's sure. a, that's a, that's a class act. Like at this point, that it's does hard. not make his movie good though. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Again, you're not gonna like my answer whenever we. Uh, whenever. All right, so Aaron, how do we make the first Spider-Man movie better? I respect both of these individuals in their respective rights, but either. No Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man or not Sam Raimi as the director. Really? You're going to go Sam on this. Okay. So what's... I like Sam Raimi. I've seen The Evil Dead, not all the way through, but I respect it to a point. I've seen some of his other work as well. I think he's a great director when he has better stories. I don't think this story worked the best for him Um, or stories that that worked better with him, not better story. Well, the story's fine. I like the the dynamic between Harry and Peter with Norman and then, you know, him discovering his powers. But there's there's some things that it's very Sam Raimi that could have been left out. Uh, like, I mean, we don't even get to see Spider-Man until almost an hour in. I think, I don't want it to be rushed, but there was definitely some points where it dragged. Um, but if I were to choose between the two, I would say no Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Tobey so- Maguire is a low low third in the there's the the three live action rankings so going off of that and you can go from that list you mentioned before or a wild card is there another actor in 2002 you would have preferred to see in sam raimi's spider-man assuming the director is the same the score story is the same the movie's the same well james franco actually auditioned for peter parker and then he got harry osborne he's too i'm not saying i'm not saying and that's where a lot of people didn't like Andrew Garfield. Peter Parker is not a bad-looking guy. He's just nerdy. Now, Andrew Garfield is more of that skater nerd, that, you know, anarchist nerd. The the one you didn't like, but you kind of respected because they were so smart in what high school. What about Elijah Wood? <sighs> he was busy. I know. He was very busy. He was very, very busy. <laughs> and he's low. Yeah. Honestly, and? Peter Parker is not that tall. In the comics, he's somewhere between... Five I six hunch. and like five nine. He's not tall. I think Elijah's like five four, five five. I um, still. He's he's, he's a hobbit. He's a hobbit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they he, only had to shrink him a little he bit. He got the right movie. Hey, yeah. shall we pull from Gilmore Girls? Shall we say uh, Jared Padalecki? No. no, God no. Ew. He would be a better Flash. Although Logan is like whole. Here's, here's my thing about. 
easily James Franco's part. <laughs> Did you extend that because you uh, you forgot uh, Harry Osborne? Yes. <laughs> well, here's my thing about a lot of the Peter Parkers we talk about, and like a big part of at least the earliest iterations of Peter Parker is that he was a nerd. He got picked on. He was made fun of. He had very few friends outside of Harry. I get that from Toby. I can see this guy and be like, yes, he looks like he's been shoved in some lockers. He looks like he's really just awkward to be around and you wouldn't want to hang out with him. With Andrew Garfield, charisma coming out his ass. He's athletic. He's good at skateboarding before the spider bite. He's handsome as hail. He's tall. I don't get that he would be a social outcast. He would not be. Agreed, no. Sam. And that's that's why neither of them were a truly a good fit. You can see Tobey Maguire as the, the dopey yeah. nerd. You can't see him as Spider-Man. You can see Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. You can't see him as the dopey nerd. Yeah. Tom Holland fits both of those. I don't best. see Holland as a dopey nerd either. He's like cool and funny and nice and like he has friends. He does. He's on academic decathlon. Yeah, he is though. He went to the 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 decathlon. Yeah, so that's cool. Here, 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 I want to point out some of the. Maybe that's it. Sam just hit the nail on the head. It's not weird to be a nerd anymore. In the fifties, so lame to be a nerd, to be into science and all that stuff. Having allergies and wearing glasses. Playing D and D. Everything before that, it was invented. Yeah, every, yeah thank you. <laughs> Everything that was so underground is so mainstream now i think that i think that's maybe why aaron likes tom holland is because back then yeah it was a bit weird to be in that sort of stuff i will i will give you this credit aaron i love tom holland as spider-man and peter parker he fits that like iteration of spider-man perfectly but the iteration they were going for in 2002 was a different iteration yeah and and that's well that's why like i wouldn't say tom holland would be the better choice i'm trying to think of people back and i've i've found a list and I want to point out something. The list of people who was considered for Peter Parker is a hell of a lot smaller, at least on this part of the IMDb, than Mary Jane Watson. Mary Jane Watson is almost 30 names, whereas this one is like maybe 15 or Oh, 10. Freddie Prince Jr. That would have been perfect. Fuck no. Yeah, it would have. He, he could not play a dopey nerd. I see that Leonardo DiCaprio is also on that list. Yeah. Too handsome. Uh, but here, here's the list also, of who they do. This guy from um, Bring It On. Okay. The guy from Swim Fan? I could Fan. actually kind of see that. Yeah. Jesse something. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Bradford. Yeah. I, I could kind of see that. I could see. If I don't know. I don't know. Adam exactly. Brody. Yes. Oh. Yes. 2002. Adam. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I could get he's, this. He's, he's, King he's, Kong Brody. Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. he's a less smarmy Andrew Garfield. He's still smarmy and he could pull off doing the quips. Absolutely. But he is quite handsome. Yeah, so... At this point, I, I mean... Slap some glasses on him, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Because the list that they had, funnily enough, uh, is Leo DiCaprio, Elijah Wood, Edward Furlong, as uh, because James Cameron was at one point attached to direct, mm. Jude Law, <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr., Chris Klein, Wes Bentley, and Heath Ledger. Who's Wes Bentley? Uh, the Crow? No, that's... that's I'm uh, sorry, Brandon I'm thinking Lee. of Ghost Rider. <laughs> And even still, I don't think that's correct. The uh, the devil's son. Oh, this yes. guy. Oh, my God. So those last few names, um, or not few, but like Jude Law was a, uh, is in the Marvel Universe now. Uh, Wes Bentley was in Ghost Rider. And then Heath Ledger, as we know, was the Joker. So that's an interesting kind of and I am for everybody. I am vindicated yeah. that Elijah Wood was on that list. My twenty, my two thousand two knowledge did not fail me, <laughs> but I still love Toby. So, <laughs> all 
Okay, so if we're thinking 2001, Ryan Reynolds. Mm. No, 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 no. Not like anything because he he was actually in um, I think it was the first Buffy movie. Ryan Reynolds. Also, have you seen him? He's handsome as hell. Yes, I but back do not then, buy he was a little bit people can be nerds and outcasts. Like I don't Ryan buy it. Gosling, Gosling, very young was like the skinny dude. Yes, and, and Ryan an Reynolds absolute liability in... at linebacker. And remember the Titans; he almost cost them the championship. <laughs> oh my God. The in, Ryan Reynolds back in the day was not at, he he wasn't as cut as he is now. Would you rather have Ryan Reynolds as Spider Man or as Deadpool? Aaron? I mean, I'll, only I'll, have one. Deadpool. 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 Yeah. But I mean, and then that implies that Tobey Maguire would become Deadpool, and then the multiverse mm, would sorry. fall in upon itself. <laughs> not uh, sorry, I was completely wrong. Not Buffy, the TV movie for Sabrina. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, you were so off. The I was one hundred. I just off. remember her with the magic tennis shoes before she ran the race. Um. So, but. Did you ever watch Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza Place? No. Because that was 98 through 01. Oh. Also, Nathan Fillion was in it, too. Also, Nathan Fillion could have played any villain in any Marvel movie. Oh, my God. Fight He's me. so good in Buffy. Mm-hmm. See, I've never seen, seen Buffy. I'm going to assume you're right. Paige he plays just... an evil preacher oh. with super strength. <gasps> okay, Aaron, we can watch Buffy now. <laughs> yeah, Paige just watched that whole series, and she's watching it. Yeah, Angel he plays now. Caleb. She's been watching that while I've been watching Warrior. Yeah. And now I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do with yourself either. Can we mention our biggest takeaway from last night, which Please. has become an inside joke? Please, yes. Okay. okay, so... so. <laughs> Let me, uh, can I say okay. it? Oh, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to set it up. Okay. I'm just going to set up this, this scenario. Aaron has fallen asleep in the corner of the sofa. He is gone. He's snoring. Like he is a chainsaw. Snoring. Um, we get to. I'm the- so sorry, guys. <laughs> okay. I, it it kind of made it funnier. We like a chainsaw. We get to the point where it's, <laughs> don't tell Harry, and then he dies. And so Peter Parker brings him back and lays him down on the bed, just on very the fainting couch. on the fainting couch, <laughs> looking at him. He fainted the big faint. Uh, oh. Harry Osborne walks in, sees you know a costumed hero standing over his dead father's body and says what did you do and without a second thought turns right next to him to the only other piece of furniture in the hallway opens the very first drawer and pulls out a gun points it he's already gone but we got to think like how convenient to have the one gun in the one drawer but then we thought no that would be that would be too convenient there have to be guns in all the drawers in the house <laughs> yep and then that got me thinking this is the Norman Osborn vision for America. A chicken in every pot and a gun in every drawer. <laughs> so Never. at least we took that with us. In, in those iterations of the comics where Norman Osborn runs for mayor of New York or whatever, I could see that as a campaign slogan. Totally. Absolutely. Chicken in every pot. Also, who cooks a chicken in a pot anymore? That's a terrible way to cook <laughs> a chicken. But a gun in every drawer? That's a 21st century adaptation. You cook a chicken in a pot. I cook a chicken in a pot when you can't do anything else with the chicken. When that chicken no, no. is gone. Uh, blanching it, or what's the yes. term? Um, yeah, to shred it. Again, when that chicken is old and it cannot be cooked in any other format, I shred it, and then it has second life. You guys ever do this? You ever take an old food and cook it, and then you can keep that food for longer than you could have kept the original ingredient because you yeah, transformed it? Exactly. In my house, food Eggs. doesn't get old. It gets eight. <laughs> uh, except for broccoli. <laughs> yeah, true. We're uh, the poor, sorry, poor broccoli. broccoli. Yeah, we sorry. keep forgetting about you in that little crisper. <laughs> but yes, chicken in every pot, gun in every drawer. Gun in every drawer. Why don't we always have guns in every drawer? Is that just, again... 
Uh, yes. There so, are enough guns in America to feasibly make that happen. That's a good point, Samuel. I didn't think about it that way. Oh, we, no, we got a lot of drawers. We have more, gun, <laughs> we have more guns than drawers. We have more guns than people. <laughs> and I think we have more drawers than people, too. So, Oh, it, my God. So the drawers are coming for us. Very well, good. What you got, Aaron? I'm so sorry. I have a funny thing to tell you. <clears throat> uh, Arnold Volslow, uh, the gentleman who played uh, Imhotep from the Mummy movie. Good, because that was a movie I also wanted to talk about. Good. Okay, um, go on. <laughs> he's telling a story. Uh, we're filming the prologue. The cameras start rolling. I'm standing by, and we're all waiting for Patricia to make her entrance, who played Anak Suleiman. Instead, outstretched Brendan Fraser, dressed like Anak Suleiman, body paint, gold pasties, and everything else. Brendan Fraser visibly laughing. I wasn't even supposed to be on set that day. Arnold's face was the funniest shit I ever saw. <laughs> I saw that meme earlier today. Oh my, oh god. my god. Bless it. Oh, bless it. You know what? what Brendan movie. Fraser could have been Spider-Man. He's too Back old. in old one, oh, one. He's too old. Yeah. He might yeah. The mummy They're all 30. Like I'm sorry. They're but all 30. But he was like 40. He could have been a great Sandman though. Oh. Uh, spent a lot of time in sand in the mummy movies. Well, yeah, I think that's kind of the one I went for. But like, it, honestly, any of like the Sinister Six, yeah. he might have been well, able to with play. Brendan Fraser, because he's so inherently likable. I feel like any like Sandman would have been good because it's a tragic villain that you kind of. Or Brendan Fraser, Eddie Brock, because Eddie Brock was already older than uh, Spider Man a little bit. But was he in his forties? <laughs> he wasn't in his forties in one. Brendan Fraser, I think he's like sixty now. Is he though? I think. It's only, only doing voice work these days. Uh, oh face. yeah, have you How watched old is Brendan Fraser? Uh, have you watched Fifty uh, Two? Uh, oh, okay, See? so he, he would have been in his thirties, but he looked older than thirty. Whereas Not Toby, at that point. Toby, almost thirty, looked twenty. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah, but uh, yeah. have you watched Doom Patrol? No, we haven't finished the first season yet, but it's it's like darkly funny. It's Start and wa- Brendan Fraser is hilarious. You got to watch Invincible though, like I said. Anyway, going back to Spider-Man, we got to keep bringing it back. Yeah. I mean, we keep talking about this movie through the lens of what we know now about cinema in general, but also superhero movies. I get that. It Some aspects of it have not aged well, sure. But again, think about where you were in July of 2002 and what had happened just 10 months prior. This movie that came along took itself seriously because it insisted that the world take superhero movies seriously, which we now do. And it, I mean, for granted, the most part, there were some there were some scenes and shots that were added, like at the end where he hangs from the American flag. That stuff was added because at after 9-11, like we needed something to rally behind. We needed a symbol for America to like somebody that would stand up to tyranny and to terrorism. So and I know you're going to talk about the trailer. Well, I was <laughs> going to talk about the trailer, but also Aaron the scene where the all the New Yorkers are throwing the food at Green Goblin. That was added after they finished yeah, shooting. You after one of us, you that's, that's, with what, all. that's what I'm yeah. saying. They added stuff like that as a response to 9-11 because they're like, this is what New York needs right now. And this is what America needs right now. And it was effective. You know, like it gave us something to make us feel better and to say, yeah, you know what? We're in this together. And if this kid who just happened to get superpowers can stand up to this big like gargantuan threat, so can we. It, historically, it did not go very well for America. Morally speaking, but you know, it was a nice little punch in the arm saying, Hey, we're still in this, guys. Stand up and fight another day. And give your money to Halliburton. 
And we show high on the reaches. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that Sam makes an excellent point. Movies have to be viewed through the lens in which they were created. As far as intent goes, I think it is really cool, though, to be able to view them in that time capsule nature many years later. Yeah, personally, at that point in time, I kind of, I agree. It's, it's a little too innocent to say, which was my thought, which was go even more into playing into the tropes, like almost go superhero movie, like start just like literally like screaming, like scream, breaking down the barriers and being like, why do these things always happen in superhero movies? Why does this? Why does that? Because it's such a simple, basic, flat movie that I almost wanted to be the depth explored in that scenario. There were some areas that were explored. I won't, you know, completely shit on this movie. There were some areas explored, especially between the relationship between Harry and Norman and um, even uh, Peter and Ben. I mean, like, yes, we got to see that scene of with great power comes great responsibility, essentially in each of the Spider-Man iterations beyond that. But they did it right that first time. I mean... They really did. And this is something that I mentioned before, where that movie was accessible to adults and children. Because I was a child. I mean, I was a teenager. I was like 13 when the movie came out, barely. So when I'm watching a movie like um, Michael Keaton's Batman, and you guys remember the nostalgia critic talked about this. When somebody asked him, why do you do this? He just kind of said, I don't know, but it's something I feel like I have to do. As an adult, when you understand nuance and emotion, like you can get that. Like, yeah, he's a guy who's just trying to make his way and feels like this is the best way to make his city better. As a child, I don't fucking understand that. But as a kid, when I see Tobey Maguire have a fight with his father figure, he lets a criminal go and that criminal kills his father figure. That is as powerful a motivator for why you do what you do as anything. And it's very easy to understand. So for me, I was like, yes, that's why he has to fight crime. Every criminal he doesn't stop could kill someone else's uncle ben and i can't have that on my conscience i it happened once yeah there's really good cause and effect yeah in this movie good, yeah. great like very clear laid out motivations and see that's for me that's why like if i were to change something about this movie it would be either sam raimi directing it or not necessarily changing the story itself because uh as much as i like alfred melina as uh doc ock too I didn't feel like he was as strong of a villain as Green Goblin, not only because of Willem Dafoe, but because of how it tied back into Peter Parker. I don't know, my dude. Like, I can't take Green Goblin seriously in any, oh, no, in no. any single no, scene. Although Willem Dafoe was it. perfect. Yeah. Perfectly cast yeah. in that perfect. role. I can't take him seriously. One thing yeah. I, one He's thing more I, intimidating sharpening a knife to stab a turkey with than <laughs> Anything he does in that suit. One thing I thought about while we were watching, especially the scene where he like has that realization moment and he talks to the goblin in the mirror. I'm like, okay, we're seeing two split personalities through camera magic have a conversation with each other. This happened just a few months before the two towers would be released and we'd get that iconic Gollum and Smeagol scene. So it's like two different movies working on the same sort of concept at the same time, but in taking it slightly different interpretations and different uh, presentations. Both worked really well, and I thought that was a fun little yeah. thing that happened. That and there year. are some parts in Willem Dafoe's performance in that where he changes, and you can see it's not just camera work. Yeah. When he's holding the newspaper, you know, he automatically goes into, 
what did I yeah. do? He flips that switch very quickly, yeah. very it's clearly great. for the camera to read. And it shows his acting abilities. I, I definitely agree with that. I, I think the this dual personalities getting switched back and forth has been done better, honestly, in song form with the confrontation song from uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, like, sure. But, I mean, this guy is basically movies. singing two parts in one. That's freaking... Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. I could gush if, about. I have never seen the musical. I've only heard that song. If someone really. else played Norman Osborne and then Willem Dafoe, and then Willem Dafoe <laughs> played the Green Goblin, because oh. for me personally, I don't get Willem Dafoe being. Oh gosh, what did I do? Oh no, I'm so scared. Like that does not read at all for me. But when he's like, he's faking it. I did it for you. Just, yeah, but to do it to himself in a mirror to be scared of his own reflection is like mm-hmm. this man built an empire and tested theories on himself. He ain't gonna take shit. <laughs> I, I, I kind of can see that, but maybe it's you- a control thing. Like, he's so powerful and in control all the time when he realizes he did mm. something that he didn't know about. He's like, what? Yeah, I'd be Something's freak- more powerful than me? Yeah, I'd freak oh. out if I, like, came out of a blackout and thought, did I murder people? What the hell? Yeah, no, I can I didn't see otherwise that. have violent inclinations before that. That would confuse like, me. If you watch his performance in the Boondock Saints, you see someone who is kind of... He he's in control, but only to a certain degree, and he knows it. So he doesn't try to push himself any further. But he knows that when he's in control, he, everything's going to work out great. But it you kind if you kind of look at that performance, which came out not that soon before Spider Man, truthfully, I think only about two years, and you look at this performance, you can see where he might be like a calm and in control person too. But I, I, I unless you have someone that looks similar to Willem Dafoe. I don't know if that would work. Yeah, he has a, he has a good face shape for villainy. Yeah, and I mean, uh, James Franco had to dye his hair brown to match Willem Dafoe. I feel like anyways. it worked. I feel like I totally buy him as his son. Oh, yeah. Especially also, since we never see the mother. Also, as a kid, you know, the following year, Finding Nemo would come out, and then, the, the you know, Gil, the fish in the dentist office, a friend of mine had to tell me four times that that fish was voiced by the Green Goblin. I'm like, horse shit. There is no possible way. That's the same guy. And then IMDb was invented, and I was like, well, I'll be damned. <laughs> that reminds me when I was a like a much younger kid, and uh, we were talking about dinosaurs. And I go, oh, yeah, and that long one, that's one's called a long neck. And the kid goes... <laughs> Oh yeah, it's it's called a brontosaurus, and I go, no, it's a long neck. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I, I get that you're you're talking about the movie, but the, its actual name is brontosaurus. I'm like, no, no, you can't tell me anything different. It's long neck. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk home. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, and on that note, that <laughs> was a Sam. perfect way to just. Just woven. Sam Can I Page. say one yes. thing? Yes. It isn't even about this Spider-Man movie. It's about the second one. If you look in the special features, there's the beloved um, oh god yeah. <laughs> outtakes. What are they called? Goofer? Yes. Blooper reel. Blo- bloopers, bloopers. Thank you. Um, so J. Jonah Jameson wears fake teeth. The actor, what's his face? J.K. Simmons. Thank you. Just kidding, He wears Simmons. fake teeth. Also the voice of the yellow Eminem. Yes. And he's trying to be very serious and angry about something because Spider-Man stole his suit back. And he's like, a thief. And the way his tongue presses up against the fake teeth, they always fall out. And it is the funniest shit There were three or four takes where the teeth just like fall out or like get dislodged in his mouth. And you can see. Please Google it. You can see JK going from mildly amused to pissed off. (laughs) 
It's like, can we just figure this out so we can wrap and go home? I think we can all agree that the one person perfectly cast is J. Jonah Jameson throughout all the Spider-Man movies. For sure. Yes. I was disappointed when he didn't play, he didn't voice the character in the Spider-Man video game. I was so, di- I thought it was J.K. Simmons. I, I don't think they could have afforded yeah, it. Yeah, well, that's like, so much dialogue. It's yeah, so much. all those findables. But they did bring J. Jonah Jameson in for uh, Far From Home, which I loved. I can't wait to see and this come further. It was a perfect sort of different take on Jonah Jameson though. Like he would be sort of that conservative talk show host shock jock rush limbaugh figure like we see mm-hmm. like we see in the spider-man video game like he is like that yeah. rush limbaugh uh, alex jones Infowars bullshit uh he was that and that was that was kind of funny to listen to all the way yeah. through the game. and then he came back i'm like yes of course because no one else can play J. jonah nope. jameson like yeah. <laughs> other yeah. people have tried and they've come they've not the bar is too high yeah yes i i think yeah i think we can all agree that jk simmons Perfect casting. Mm-hmm. He we can all in all so, multiverses. Of all the things we disagree on with this Spider-Man movie, we can all coalesce around one shared value: J.K. Simmons. J.K. Fucking Simmons. <laughs> so everyone go watch a, a chicken, Whiplash. A chicken in every <laughs> chicken in every pot. A gun, gun in every drawer. drawer and, and a J.K. Simmons, Simmons in every Spider-Man movie. movie. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> Sam Page, we all were on a safe so wavelength, and I'm here for it. <laughs> we couldn't have ended it any better way. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Marvelous Marrieds. It's thanks for having like, us, and thanks for visiting. I think I might actually like make a little like graphic for it. It's like Marvelous Marrieds, so we can just slap it on the yeah. thing for it, like in the corner or something. Correct. I'll actually like base it on the Marvelous Miss Maisel or something. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but yes, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we hope to have Sam and Paige back very soon for another marvelous Miss uh, Marrieds, not Miss <laughs> Miss Marrieds, uh, marvelous Marrieds uh, for a certain show that's coming out with some variants, some <laughs> kablooies, some what others a good reference? Oh, we haven't seen the latest knives. Episode. We haven't seen the latest knives. episode. I don't. I don't a knife in every drawer. A knife in every drawer. A knife in every back. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, you are a villain. Yeah. Thank so, you. Thank you. Slytherin. I be Slytherin. No, I'm gonna not gonna do that joke. <laughs> All right. We're wrapping uh, it up now. So, uh, be sure to go uh, hit up audible.com or trial.com slash married to the idea. Get uh, the greatest love story ever told. Visit nourishsavannah.com to get some wonderful bath products. Sam Page, any place that they can follow you, like maybe your Instagram, please plug Page it Frenberg here. Page Design. Follow go. her reels. We will <laughs> also, we'll tag you in uh, the actual Facebook post Sweet. too. So, and we- all my socials are private because I don't have anything going on. So don't bother. Just follow Page. He's a lurker. Yeah. <laughs> he hovers yeah. at the edge. <laughs> I create the content and he consumes it. There you go. And I double tap yes. all your posts. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I love it when your husbands are your biggest fan. <laughs> I share all her Facebook posts so like because she's not on Facebook anymore. Yeah, so I'm sweet pee. Yep. Uh, so Sam Page, thank you guys so much. Hope to have you back very soon. We look forward to it. Yeah, yes. I'm excited. And uh, hopefully we'll be back in Savannah soon too. Shall we all do our... Sign off. Do you guys remember how to do your sign off? Yes. Okay, go ahead. You start. She's Paige. And he's Sam. He's Aaron. She's Elizabeth. And And we're we're married to to the idea. idea.